0: Welcome to episode 18 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building comic stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we're going to look at Marvel Studios' Black Panther, coinciding with the 91st Academy Awards, the Oscars, airing on February 24th, 2019. Black Panther was released on February 16th of 2018, and was directed by Ryan Coogler, And as of May 22nd, 2018, it had made $1.3 billion. This is a spoiler alert for the Black Panther movie and possibly the Infinity War movie. So if you want to not be spoiled, uh, please pause and come back after you have seen those movies. Um, So here's a brief overview of Black Panther. After the death of his father, T'Challa returns home to the African nation of Wakanda to take his rightful place as king, when a powerful enemy suddenly reappears. T'Challa's medal as king and as Black Panther gets tested as he's drawn into conflict, conflict and the fate of Wakanda and the world is put at risk. So this is Matt and I'm joined by my pal Noah. And Noah, why don't you give me some initial thoughts on uh, the Black Panther movie?
1: I, I really love this movie. I think you should believe the hype. Um, if not for the story reasons, I think there's a lot visually to take away from this film. Mm-hmm. I think this movie has a clear vision behind it that a lot of Marvel films don't seem to have, especially Infinity War and Captain America Winter Soldier and the Ant-Man films. Uh, there's a lot of hands in those movies. A lot of it's made by committee, but mm-hmm. something like... Black Panther or Thor Ragnarok or the guardians films. Like it's one, it's along those lines of those other movies that I just mentioned, uh, where it has a clear director's vision behind it. You know, there's a clear director's stamp is a clear style to the, you know, to this movie that comes with the director. That's, that's helming it. Um, not to bash the other movies. I really enjoy and watch those movies a lot, but this film clearly has like, you know, a real artist's hand behind it. Like you can feel like the grit that went into like making this film. Like you can see the brush strokes on this movie. Um, whereas it's harder to see on movies with like larger ensembles in this universe.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you that. Um, do you think maybe the, the secretive nat- uh, nature of Wakanda um, sort of lends to it being uh, a way to tell the story differently and not, at this point, they're not uh, known to, to the Marvel U. So do you think that has a little bit uh, to play with that?
1: I think so, too. And I think um, there's something to be said with, like, a movie that uh, typically, like, you're not, like, studio's not going to throw a lot of money at, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is a very much, so I'm guessing this is harkening back to something, again, like Guardians, or even the first Iron Man, which I think these three films are sort of poles in the Marvel Universe. Definitely. Where you have... Like Iron Man, no one knew anything about Iron Man. Like, you know, no one could give a crap about like who that character was at the time he was being made. So they just had to work with what they had to make that movie. And it became amazing. Same with Guardians. Like they took a real chance that alone just, you know, throwing any money at that film. You know, nobody likes the comics, that kind of thing. Like there are some fans out there, but no one's ever going to put it on the level of anything like the Avengers. But like, so there was a lot more freedom, I'm guessing, for someone like James Gunn on, on Guardians, definitely John Favreau with Iron Man. And I'm, I'm guessing with Ryan Coogler, he had to, you know, I'm guessing he was just able to run with it, you know, because like, you know, like you said, nothing had really been established. Uh, there was no, like, you know, this is, a, you know, a minority led film, which, you know, is, does not fit within the formulas of most studio films, of course. Mm -hmm. So they had to work with what they had, which I'm guessing wasn't much. And you can kind of see that in the film, that it like the special effects, you know, did not get nominated for special effects with good reason. Upon like each viewing, I noticed that like, wow, these effects were like nowhere near as good as like Infinity War or even sadly, not even as good as like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, But like there's this, so there's a lot more like you could tell that like they weren't, there wasn't as much oversight on this film. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the director was able to do whatever the heck he wanted. And, um, I'm guessing after this, of course he won't get as much freedom, but like, uh, it's just sort of, I think it's, I think maybe that sort of does lend to it is that like, this is sort of an unestablished, this is unestablished territory. You know, this is a pl- like a sandbox basically open for any kind of interpretation in live action film.
0: Yeah. We had seen T'Challa and his, uh, his father in civil war. Um, uh, in Marvel's sort of way of introducing a character uh, that's going to be a, in a follow-up movie or a movie down the pipeline. Um, but besides that uh, we hadn't seen, we hadn't seen much of the
1: uh, of, of Wakanda or anything like that. Yeah. We had a little bit of a glimpse of it at the end, like one of the post credit scenes of civil war, mm-hmm. but even then it was all covered in fog. So, you know, and no one saw this movie being the hit that it was, you know, and i think that's the same thing with like guardians or iron man i don't think anybody saw this movie being as amazing and again we talked about spoilers for uh infinity war <laughs> infinity war is proof of that fact that no one saw black panther being the success that it was yeah. with like black panther being like shoved to the side completely in that movie like wakanda's there you know um, there's some of the stuff but like he is not even a secondary character. Like he is a, he is Lando in Return of the Jedi, that kind of thing. Like he is so, well, actually I don't even say he's Lando in Return of the Jedi. Like he is so far to the side. Um, And then even at the end, they like, I think that was sort of one of the shocking parts is that like they were killing off characters in Infinity War and one of them they did was Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a shock and that was a real like, wow, gutsy move. But at the same time, Russo brothers didn't know that black Panther was going to be a huge hit because they were making infinity war at the same time. They're making black Panther. Yeah. So like, I don't, yeah, it's, it's, it's a movie that like surprised everybody.
0: So, um, let's, uh, let's, let's go into a little bit of the, the structure here. Um, uh, so early on in the movie, uh, T'Challa has to, to fight in Baku for, um the 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 title of of black panther um and they they're on uh like that 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 waterfall that uh, or, or area where they collect the water where we'll see a few times um so that's sort of like a um part of the hero's journey he he succeeds he takes on he takes on the mantle that was held by his father um what do you think about that part of the movie there
1: You know, it's interesting with this film versus something that came out this year with Aquaman. Um, Both movies show don't tell when it comes to exploring their world. And with like Aquaman, if you haven't seen it yet, like they explore the realms of Atlantis throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. And in that scene, they basically set up the world of Wakanda. You know, it's like one scene. They show each of the tribes. They distinguish each of the tribes at the different styles, even though you only see like two other tribes throughout the film. You yeah. see like each tribe is established each one you can tell that there's like a there's a diversity to it but also in there you you establish maybe the scale like of the people that like are underneath the Wakanda flag mm-hmm. but you also get a uh, a great sort of like uh telling through the action um of the rules of Wakanda you know how this is rooted in like this bar- almost almost barbaric tradition you know where these people are so advanced And so like above everybody else in technology, but they still have to like define like who their king is by who beats the crap out of who the best, you know? So there's this like, uh, there's this uh, almost like futile tradition, you know, that like should have died out when they realized that they were far more advanced than anyone else in the world. But there's still this like savagery that they hold to just because it's tradition. Yeah. So there's that, that's one of the core conflicts of the movie. And it's sort of, again, it sets it up, but it's at the same time, um, it shows sort of where Black Panther is at the beginning of the movie when he has the first challenge to where he is at the end of the second act when he fights Killmonger. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's a, there's a definite change when it comes back. And that's reflected not only through the, uh, the visuals, but also through the script as well.
0: Yeah. So you had just mentioned Killmonger. Um, mm-hmm. So shortly after this, where we're introduced to to Eric Stevens uh, uh, at the British Museum of History, um, where he's uh, he's uh, pulling off a heist. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the introduction of Killmonger and Killmonger as a, as
1: a character? I really liked him. He was a breath of fresh air, and again, it was a definite risk because you know you have like when you have a villain especially in the marvel universe all the villains are like businessmen you know Mm -hmm. like you like if even if you look at like or like military like large military leaders with some sort of like uh prowess behind them you know like some like military like large military presence in this sequence they introduce killmonger but like and he's clearly like a bigger figure than claw is but Claws already appeared in a movie before this. You know, he was in Ultron. Like, he's an established character. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah. He's the more flamboyant and the more, like, eccentric character. So it's almost like he's the leader of this job. And Killmonger, who's going to end up being as big of a threat as someone like Zemo in Civil War or Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, is sort of, like, again, almost made out to be a side character, but, like, still a formidable foe but like a side character. I also like how this movie has a variety of looks to it, but not like to where it feels uh, like, um, like disheveled or like separated. Like there's a nice variety to the lighting. So like, and they even contrast like the warm lights of Wakanda with like the first intro to uh, Eric Killmonger is in this like white room with like this very cold light. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just good. Like, warm means good cold means bad but it's sort of nice to have that variation where i find that like again like i talked most cookie cutter marvel films there's like one lighting pattern that they stick to and that's yeah. the whole movie
0: yeah you had uh, you had brought up a point about how he was a different type of villain um you know a lot of the marvel villains it's the villain is just either a slightly different version of the hero or a bigger mm-hmm. version of the of the hero Iron Man one, basically two two dudes in mech suits fighting one one with a with with a bigger suit. Yeah. Um, Ant Man the first Ant Man you have two guys in suits that that can shrink. This was like the really one of the the really fleshed out uh, bad guys that was 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 in a Marvel movie, not just sort of uh, a copy or. Uh, A slight variation on 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 the hero
1: well also you know but it plays with the idea of what a hero and a villain should be so Mm -hmm. you have like steve rogers versus the red skull steve rogers is the underdog versus the red skull who was like a leading man in hitler's Reich before he was the red skull and then he just got more powerful yeah you know uh but this right here it's almost like killmonger's captain america you know like he's the underdog of underdogs and he has to prove through his own prowess, like normally what a hero's journey is, you know? Yeah. So if you could look at this movie as his hero's journey, you know, where it's like, he even has a mentor with sort of claw, you know, if you want to see him that way, claw is kind of like his mentor. And, uh, you know, but like Killmonger is the active force in his movie. Like he is the embodiment of destiny by the end of this film. Uh, and like he is uh I guess in a way he's sort of like you know being American, he's kind of manifest destiny, you know, even by the end, they kind of even pointed that like that was how he was trained to be when they yeah. talk about him at the end that like he was trained to topple governments, he was trained to like go in, assassinate people, and set up new governments. so like you have a character who's not only like has just like so many tears to him but like is the only active force in his own story until basically the last shot of the film and even then he's the only person like he he even takes his own life in the end in a way you know like he's the uh, guy who decides i don't want to live in a world where i'm a prisoner and he kills himself so like it's really cool to see this kind of villain basically take on the hero's journey throughout like a movie like he's he is like i said captain america or thor or anybody like that And his story arc follows along with theirs way more than t'challa's does T'Challa coming from a place of privilege and uh, having that all stripped away from him. But even then, not even for that long, you know, until he gets back up to that privilege. So it's a, it's a really unique story. And the more I look at it, the more I'm like, wow, like, you know, there's a lot to dissect here.
0: Yeah. I think uh, T'Challa has a a couple of aspects of, of his story that do relate to that hero's journey. He certainly has the, the mystic, mentor as he's able to, yeah. to visit his father on on you know those different planes of existence um so that that's a lot that's something you would see in a lot of uh a lot of stories with with the hero's journey um now the story does shift scenes to to korea um as they they go after claw as he's um uh either trying to get some technology or trying to um sell some uh sell some vibranium so you almost get like a uh a james bond uh action sequence here um so this is this is this is a shift in the 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 setting of the story and uh we see we see T'Challa in action and we also see more of his, his team in action here um, uh, as he goes with his guard and he, his sister is, uh, is, is, uh, she's not really there. She's sort of virtually there, right? She's uh, yeah. Yeah. So. She's,
1: yeah. She's sort of like the, the guy in the chair.
0: Yeah. So what do you think about uh, this point in the movie where they, they shift the scene and they, 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 they go out at Wakanda and they sort of take action against Claw?
1: I like how, um, you know, this movie sort of lulls you into a false sense of security that this is sort of your typical superhero film Mm -hmm. in this scene. You know, it feels more typical to like a Marvel film at this point, you know, where it's like, uh, you know, and then an incident with the villain making a mess, you know, and then a great car chase sequence uh, directed uh, with the assisted direction of um, the guy who did like the baby driver stuff.
0: Oh wow. And, uh,
1: like John Wick and things like that, that, that was all him. It's, it shows it's a really good thing. And like very rarely do they get high profile people like that on these movies to coordinate such great action sequences as that car chase. Um, which is probably my favorite action sequence in the film. Um, what, is, what would you say your favorite is? Um, so we'll, we'll get to this, uh, soon, but, uh,
0: I think just due to the to the shock value, the, the, the fight the the fight between T'Challa and Killmonger where uh T'Challa is is defeated. Um uh, yeah, I think I love that was that too. A, uh that was a brave storytelling um choice and also it it takes T'Challa off the board for a good portion of the movie, which um goes to your point earlier about the director being able to um sort of do what he wants without oversight because i'm sure if uh you know somebody went and said hey i'm gonna make a batman movie but batman's gonna disappear for yeah. the, for two-thirds of the movie um and we're gonna we're gonna let the uh the the villain um sort of drive this part of the story i don't think you'd get away with that so
1: no you definitely wouldn't um but back to Korea the cool thing about the sequence, is, and it, um, it's something that's great about the costumes in that scene, is that throughout the movie, um, there's little variation to the color schemes of each character. So Takala, of course, based on his character is mostly wearing black throughout the film with like little minor kit ch- changes every once in a while, like he wears white in the like Panther realm area. Mm-hmm. But Okoye um, um, and oh, I cannot remember her name, but Lupita Nyong'o's character, Okoye always wears red mm-hmm. and Lupita Nyong'o's character always wears green and those three colors, black, red and green um, are the colors of the uh, I can't remember which maybe it's just the African flag I think let me see if that's correct um, yeah, black, red and green yeah, so that's uh, that's a subtle thing that um, Ruth Carter, the, the costume designer and Ryan Coogler did having that cool thing throughout the film, but also it's great just to have colors associated with each character. You know, that's something very comic book like definitely and they, they have those base characters and it also creates a great iconicism with each character. Mm-hmm. Um, something simple like that is just great, but also like how they play with the variations of the colors of those throughout the film. So they're at like their brightest at that scene. Like a is wearing like this really red dress. Same with the is like, very green, and um, uh, Black Panther, of course, is wearing like a very black leg like, costume where you can't see very many details. And as the movie goes along, like uh, by the time you talked about with the waterfall scene, uh, Lupita Nyongo's character, when things change, like the greens become more muted, more earthy. Oh, okay. And uh, Lupita Nyongo's, I'm uh, sorry, and Okoye's s- suit sort of starts to go more orange, and like the colors change, like fade a little bit. Um, wow. it's really cool to watch and again it's just something simple with your costume designs is that like you have these subtle changes to show like character change, character difference um, watched a great essay by a guy, I think his name is, I think it's Film Radar, I think that's what he does uh, did a great one talking about Baby Driver with that and he hasn't done one on Black Panther but it's Baby Driver Black Panther both have these great like subtle color changes throughout the movies to show the character's arc and Black Panther does that um yeah so that's that's another great thing about that scene also there's a continuous shot in that sequence in the that first scene that's very that's very much so along the lines of what Ryan Coogler likes to do with action he did that in Creed I haven't seen Fruitvale Station but I'm sure he does something like that in there but he always likes to have one cool long take in his movies Okay, so uh, moving along, um, and I alluded to
0: this, uh, uh, a major plot point is, is that uh, Eric actually is able to take power and take control of Wakanda's resources. Um he starts sending weapons out to, to countries. Um, and as I said, this is part of the time where T'Challa's off the board. Um, what do you think about uh, the actions that are taken here um, and that we have a sort of re- a reversal um, where uh kilmonger eric has has moved into the, to, the, to that to that that role of power in wakanda
1: yeah, again, I like how he's sort of the epitome of a villain character. Like I said, he's like the active force in his own story, even to the point where, like, it's not like his mentor gets killed. He kills his mentor and then uses his mentor to get into Wakanda, mm-hmm. basically, and like gain power. Um, I also like how it's sort of a twist because you think, I, I, at first, I was kind of ticked because I love Claw as a character in the comics. I don't know how you felt, but I was sort of like, what? They killed Claw? Blasphemy. Um, I don't know how you felt about that when you, when that was revealed.
0: Yeah, it was it was definitely a shock because you always feel like he's one of those guys that's you know when, when trouble hits he's going to find a way to either you know squirm away or, or sneak away or create a diversion uh, to get away. Um, but in this, he's 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 unable to do that. So yeah, um, it was it was interesting. Um, but I do think it sort of. Uh, goes to the point that uh, uh, Eric Kilmonger is a you know is a, is is a man of action and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna take care of his business and you know if he decides something you're you're not get you're not getting away from it.
1: Yeah, he even goes so far as to like you know do the shoot the hostage move when Claw has his girlfriend. You know, like mm-hmm. he basically is so he's so set on becoming King of Wakanda that like nothing can get in his way, mm-hmm. you know, he's completely determined to get up to that point. And then also he's, you know, he, he goes along with this, uh, you know, uh, this sort of, I guess meta-textual line, um, where like, you know, all of a sudden a tables turns from the typical Marvel formula and he says, uh, when he's in the room, with all the uh, the herbs that give them the Black Panther powers. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, burn it all, you know? Yeah. And that's sort of what his character is doing, not only just as a, you know, physically, but also in the story, he's burning it all down, you know? He's like, he's, just, he's flipping the story on its head. He's destroying what we all had preconceived notions of how a Marvel movie should go from here on out.
0: Yeah, so... Um Again, we had alluded to this, but uh, T'Challa is is thrown off the waterfall and he's, he's not seen for a while. He's presumed dead. Um, he's found and he's, uh, he recuperates. He's, 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 he's ready for battle um, and he comes back. Um, this is sort of, uh, you, you see this in a lot of stories, sort of that, that moment where you, he's hit rock bottom, but he he, he battles back from it.
1: Yeah, end of the second act. It's the, you know, it's uh, yeah, lowest point in the story, is uh, and uh, it's interesting. Yeah, lowest point in the story and lowest point for Black Panther since he falls off of a, a waterfall. Yeah. Um, but there's also a lot of cool symbolism there as well because so visually, uh, water often represents uh, like baptism, in mm-hmm. larger narratives. You know, like a changing, a turning point for a character, like water. And in comics, it's the same way. So like Mm -hmm. one of the biggest scenes in comics ever, and one of my favorites to reference is V for Vendetta, when like Evie is reborn, you know, and it's out in the rain. And it's sort of like this change for her. And that's sort of what happens in this movie too, is sort of like the water can be seen as like representative, like a baptism. He's even buried in snow when he goes to talk to his father again. Yeah. Yeah and uh basically chooses father out for being so traditional that like he ruins somebody's life and uh you know is like not adding anything good to the world because they've just stuck to the tradition of being isolationists and you know um yeah there's uh yeah it's a, there's a lot of like uh great symbolism a lot of classic uh you know maybe not tropes but like uh i guess uh, yeah, I would say tropes to like screenwriting and also visual tropes as well in these in this sequence. Um, I also like how in the throne room, when they go to when they find out what uh, when the queen, Akoye, Lupichniango, and Shuri, uh, they all go to Mbaku for help. Um, there's this great set design. Where, like, the throne is like has these like hanging shutters made out of like wood up through there, and this film has these like great earthy textures to align with sort of the adamantium being like the elemental thing. So, like, all the everything, like, everything in Wakanda feels very elemental and textured, and I really like that,
0: yeah. And I think, uh, I think, uh, a cool callback uh to earlier in the movie is uh and I, I hopefully i have this correct but um that's the guy he fought in the first battle for to to to, yeah. be, to be black panther he defeated him but that guy um that's Mbaku, correct um yeah you know he's he's there in t'challa's time of need and 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 helps uh be part of his his comeback so that 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 speaks to uh sort of the the um the the there's a there's a tribal separation but they're all sort of even with that they're all sort of still one at at, at the end
1: well there's something to be said about characters who are kings in comics you know Like, they have their set of superpowers, you know, Mm -hmm. but they also have to have the superpowers of being great leaders, you know? Yeah. Aquaman has to have that power where, like, he has to be able to unite people. Um, Black Bolt has to have that power in the Inhumans, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'll same with Black Panther. He has to, there's an unresolved thing where there's sort of a, you know, uh, Umbaku loses, but there's still, like, an animosity between them yeah but like he has to be the symbol that unites all of Wakanda, you know, so bringing umbaku back to resolve that from earlier, you know that's gotta be you know that that has to be resolved that he's a good king because what a, that what what good would his superpower of being a king would be you know that's yeah. that's yeah you gotta they gotta look at it that way, so I like that they bring him back and they they resolve the narrative basically by saying like you know showing that. Black Panther's not only a really cool superhero but he's a good king as well. Yeah. So, uh most of our discussion has led us to this point
0: where we're going to have uh Killmonger and T'Challa square off again one one final time uh for the, you know, the right to control Wakanda, the right to to to, to be the Black Panther. Um and you know, we of course we have the epic uh, back and forth uh, superhero fight scene. Um, I, I think that this was, was done really well. It was, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty brutal. It was, it was like a fight would be, you know, they sort of like, they hit each other, they stagger, they, they take a little bit of time to, um, you know, recover after they get hit. It's not that sort of, um, you know, fast motion, everybody's going nonstop. You know, they actually, you know, you you see the brutality in, in this fight. So, um, what do you think about the, this part of the movie?
1: I agree with you completely. Um, at first, when I first saw the movie in theaters, I wasn't too affected by that final fight, but as I've watched it multiple times since then, I've become more and more affected as I know, as I, as I analyze this movie, as I look at the story, that final fight is it means a lot more, you know, they're not just fighting for, you know, who's going to rule Wakanda, but they're also fighting, some are fighting for like to uh, improve their traditions, you know, to to defend their traditions, to defend their culture, to defend their kingdom. You know, there's more at stake than just uh, the world, you know, Mm -hmm. and who's going to blow it up. There's, there's a deeper stake. And I see that um, also not just in like Killmonger versus Black Panther, but also in the, border tribe versus the the um Dora Malage and then the the uh guerrilla tribe I can't remember maybe that's what they're called and the mountain tribe I can't remember what they're called but Mbaku's tribe yeah um they uh you know there's there's there that battle as well which is really conflicting because uh they establish uh the border tribe you know like as being one of the closer to a, to um to uh T'Challa earlier in the film and uh so there's this like you know you, you, there's a there's a lot of stake in, in this battle you know where like it's it's not just like i said doesn't revolve on a beam uh from the sky or an alien invasion or even like a bomb going off or anything like that it it's uh it's very emotional mm-hmm. and uh there's a lot of good payoffs here
0: yeah so um the, the, the battle ends, uh, with Killmonger, um, uh, dying, uh, he's able to, to see, um, the, the sunset in Wakanda one, one time, um, which was something that he always sort of wanted to be able to do, um, and, uh, the, with that, uh, the child is faced with the decision, um, and we've talked a little bit about, uh, the politics of Wakanda in the world. Um, they're, they're very powerful with, with the, vi- with the vibranium. Um, but he makes the decision to, um, at the end to declare, um, the, the existence of Wakanda to the world. Um, so in a way, uh, the, the arguments that Kilmarger had made to him earlier, um, they do impact uh, T'Challa's decision uh, going forward. Um, so, what do you think about the the end there, where where the uh, the Wakandan nation is made known to the world?
1: Well, it's very nuanced to have a villain convince the hero of something, and for the hero to not like, you know, to not just dwell on it or like, you know, see them as wavering, but actually accept, mm-hmm. you know, what the villain is saying as true. Um that the only, you know, that's the only movie this year definitely that's done that. But you know, in a long time of superhero films, you know, that it's not happened since like the dark night when Batman kind of realizes some of the stuff that what the Joker's saying is true. Um there's uh and then also to like basically the villain convinces the Black Panther to take action in a way that he was sort of taking. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in a violent way, you yeah, know, not in the way that Killmonger was going to do it, which was completely fueled by hate and revenge, um, but also but just out of a way of a, like a very humanitarian way, finding the right the right superhero response to the problems that Killmonger opposed,
0: yeah, okay, so I think we've done a pretty good job of breaking down the movie, um, yeah. and as we said earlier, uh, we did this because of the uh, the the movie being nominated for Best Picture um, at at the Academy Awards. So um, predict, prediction time, do you think it will win Best Picture?
1: You know, I would, I, I'm kind of going 50-50, you know, where, like, I could see it, like, I could see it happening. I really could, but I'm not getting my hopes up, you know? Like, it would be perfect time for it to, to win you know like after stan lee passing away um it being so culturally relevant um but also being so inspiring to different people and different uh at at different stages of life um you know and i think it's also going to be one of those movies that people are going to return to more than like most oscar films Mm -hmm. you know i'd like to say like you know can you name Well, I guess I did like last year's Best Picture win, but like it's hard to name a lot of the Best Picture nominations in the last decade, Um, let alone the ones that won, you know? Uh, So it would be a real refreshment to have a movie that was popular and also like had something to say win. So like I think it deserves to win more than any other film. Um, But at the same time, there's, you know, I could see like something like Roma winning, which everybody thinks is going to happen. Um, which apparently has a lot to say as well, but like, have you seen Roma? I haven't, you know, it's just sort of the big thing. Yeah. No, I would agree with you.
0: Um, I, I think it would be awesome that if it was to win, I don't, I don't think it's, it's going to win. No. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so now let's, uh, let's touch a little bit about, uh, Black Panther in the comic books. Mm-hmm. um so he's been a part of the marvel u um you know he appeared in issue 52 of uh the fantastic 4 so he's deeply rooted in the the marvel u um and i think it's great that he's for the character that he is um and granted it probably didn't start off as smooth as it, it probably should have, but I think mm-hmm. it's great that he's, he's, he's physically capable and he's also a man of, of, of science. So he can go, yeah. he can go toe to toe, um, in, you know, uh, in a, in a, in a, in a fight, but he also, he can go, he can go, you know, mind for mind with, with any of the, uh, you know, the smarty, smarty pants is in the, uh, the Marvel U, you know, he's, 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 he's a match for, for Reed Richards. He's a match for, for Tony Stark. Um, so I think that's great because, you know, it would have been sort of an injustice if he was just sort of a
1: a brute who could, who could fight. So I think, I think that was a great choice that they made there. Yeah, he's definitely multifaceted. One of my favorite Well, like the only major Black Panther that I've read is when is Jonathan Hickman's run on Avengers. I love how he writes Black Panther in that. Like you said, he's toe to toe with like uh, mentally with like Rick Richards and Doctor Strange and uh, Hank uh, the Beast. And um, but I also like how most of his battle with Namor is like of wits and like political moves in that or like it's like it's very intellectual his battle with uh atlantis in that story
0: yeah that's also that gives you sort of like uh that that conflict with namor is very much a, a conflict of two guys uh that are rulers of nations or you know leaders leaders of nations um maybe not nations not so much for for namor but um no, I think, I think that's great. Um, so uh, I think it's also awesome that uh, uh, recently he's been so many, he's been part of so many teams, the, a major player in the the Avengers. Um, we, we talked a little bit about it. Um, maybe not so much him, but uh, you know, the, the other, the other members of Wakanda were, were a big, were a big factor in um, Infinity War. Um yeah. you know, uh the the resources of Wakanda, the 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 soldiers of Wakanda, you know, uh when when Thanos came down,
1: they were they were there. Um so I think that was that was that was a great aspect of, of that. And they're a formidable military force because of the the elements that they have. Um yeah, I think uh yeah, I like how well-developed uh, Wakanda is as a world, it seems, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love how, um, like, there's the, the multiple tribes and each tribe has its own hierarchy of how yeah. things work, you know? And that's in the comics and, and the movie shows it as well. And I think a lot of that's due to um, Christopher Priest rewriting it, I think, was it in the 90s? Was when Christopher Priest did it, or was it early two thousands? Um, uh th- he really fleshed out the world.
0: Yeah, I think I think 90 sounds sounds right. Uh, yeah for that. So
1: Okay. I think that was Marvel Knights. So yeah, it's been about 20 years now. So I think yeah, it would have been the nineties.
0: Okay. So let's do let's do some um, movie predictions. Uh, not not Oscar related. Um, okay infinity war two and uh future black panther uh mm. movies um what do you think we'll see from black panther in uh the the next uh, avengers movie
1: i think um i'm excited to see because shuri didn't die she's like you know she's the the ever and the russo brothers say she's the smartest character in the Marvel universe. And you can see that in infinity war, when she's like performing the surgery mm-hmm. on vision. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see what kind of solutions she'll bring. She'll be, a, I'm, I'm guessing she'll be a key player and they've shown her in the trailers that she's a key player in this next film. Yeah. And she'll be bringing a lot to the table as far as figuring out a solution to deal with the the mass uh, genocide on a universal scale that Thanos brought about. Um. I see her as being a big player and uh, in the brain category. And then Okoye, the the bodyguard being a huge player in the uh, taking action category and the peacekeeping after the world's fallen into chaos. That's what I'm seeing. And uh, I think she'd be like hanging out with someone like Rhodey and cap, you know, and black widow. Yeah. Okay. So um, what about you though? What do you think? So I feel like the the the
0: the the heroes we saw disappear at the the end of Infinity War I feel like they're all going to be um either inside one of the gems or hmm. um on, on another plane with with Doctor Strange and they're going to somehow be able to um maneuver their way back um in time to, to aid in the, in the final battle with, with Thanos.
1: Yeah, I can see that. So that's a good idea, but Black Panther two, what do you think?
0: So I think what would be awesome if they could do it is with the history that it has with the comic books, if they were going to bring the fantastic four back into the Marvel, U, yes, to do it, in one of the Black Panther movies, um, yes, have have T'Challa, you know, on a mission. You know, very science based. Um, you know, he would have his supporting cast. He would have his his you know his sister there with him, and and they would somehow and. Uh, typical Marvel style show up at the same point as the fantastic four who were trying to um, solve the problems they would, they would fight at first, of course, because that's what happens when um, two superheroes show up at the same time. They, they don't know what's going on and they fight and then they come to um, they come to some sort of agreement and they, they work together. So, I would like the Fantastic Four to be introduced back into the Marvel U through, through the Black Panther uh, franchise.
1: I agree completely. And after seeing, I think Ryan Coogler would handle that perfectly because he did a great job. He does a great job of camaraderie between characters in Black Panther. He definitely did that, and he definitely did it in Creed as well. So he would do a Fantastic Four phenomenally and especially in a black panther film that'd be a great nod to his origins yeah and yeah so i think yeah i would actually i was about to say i was like either yeah introducing fantastic four or introducing namor in the next black panther film yeah
0: yeah namor that's 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 a good that's a uh i maybe save namor for for the third one where you you that way you Mm. sort of have you, you you have that intrigue of of two nations, uh, to uh, fighting. So
1: it would it'd be great if they did Galactus. It would make sense for Galactus to come to Wakanda because that would be like the most advanced city on the planet. You know, I could see that as being that would be a really cool thing. You know, like instead of New York for like you know the bajillion time yeah. for Galactus to land there. So that'd be a great uh, playing field for. Uh, for the galactus saga okay so
0: i think uh we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here so um why don't you give me some of your 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 final takeaways or any final thoughts that you wanna you wanna add here
1: um believe the hype about black panther if you don't watch one marvel film watch black panther you know uh i really think it's got something for everyone wherever you're from i think there's a universal message that gets across and hits everybody you know
0: yeah and w- uh
1: it's something different
0: yeah no i w- i would agree with you there i think it takes a lot of the things that work so much with the with the previous marvel movies and it definitely it did them it did them it did them slightly better and as we said earlier um it may have given us our our best or more at least our most flushed out uh marvel villain that we've we've, we've seen to date definitely definitely okay so i'd like to to thank everybody for for listening to this episode and if you could uh go on itunes and give us a rate or a review we'd really appreciate it Uh, It would help others find the show um if you want to give us a follow uh on social media we're on twitter at construct compod we are on Instagram at, at constructing comics pod. And we are at Facebook at Facebook forward slash constructing comics. Um, We'll share some of our favorite uh, images uh, from, from black Panther um, and uh, on, on those sites. Uh, So I'd like to thank everybody for listening and we'll be back. Uh, We'll be back soon with uh, another episode. Bye.